What's up, everyone? Welcome to the I'm Good What About You podcast. I'm so happy that you decided to listen today. And before you listen to the episode, if you like it, please be sure to leave a rating and a review about the podcast. And also just follow the Instagram page. I'll be sure to leave everything in the show notes. It helps me out so much. But in case you're new, you will hear about faith, friendships, mental health, coffee, and all my awkward stories. Unfortunately, I'm a very awkward person, (laughs) and so you're going to be hearing lots of awkward stories along with guests' awkward stories. So I'm so excited for you to listen today. Like I said, please be sure to leave a rating and a review. Now let's get into the episode. Welcome back to the podcast. <laughs> I feel like this episode is going to be so fun and crazy, but today I have my friend Anna Deku on. And Anna, today we're going to be talking about um, kind of your journey with insecurity, how you're finding confidence. It's also kind of going to tie into our mental health episode because I feel like a lot of insecurity is kind of tied to anxiety um, and you just kind of shove down that anxiety and it buds into insecurity but that's what we're going to be talking about but before we get into all the deep stuff could you tell us a little bit about yourself and then we'll get into our icebreaker too which is pretty fun yeah so like she said my name's Anna Deku um and I'm about to be a senior in high school which is super crazy super terrifying but I'm super excited just to just continue to see what the Lord has for me and my future um but yeah, I'm so excited to be on the podcast and just talk about insecurity and just how I've dealt with that, how I'm dealing with it, because I feel like it's such a um, prominent topic nowadays that a lot of people struggle with. So I'm excited to dig deep into this and just talk about it with you. I'm so excited for you to be on. This is probably going to be my favorite episode because my favorite episodes are the episodes with my friends because it's just like we're having a conversation like normal. This is a conversation Anna and I would have like in person, we would just talk about this. So yeah, yeah. Just see kind of <laughs> would. what our conversations look like. But Anna, here is our icebreaker. What is the most awkward thing that's ever happened to you? Um, So I feel like I've had a lot of awkward moments, but it's just like who I am. So I don't remember any of them. It's just like my daily life. But one really um, awkward and funny and kind of I don't know, just like, I guess scary, but it was hilarious um, moment in my life is a couple of years ago, I actually went ice skating with my old small group. And um, so we get there, we get our ice skates on, we're having fun, everyone's falling and tripping and just laughing. We were there for about 10 minutes. And then I just like slip and fall in the middle of the ice rink. And my knee cap just dislocates. I have a knee dislocation issue it dislocates so I'm just laying out in the middle of the ice on the ground you see my jeans and my knees on the side of my leg and there was people like circling around me tripping and falling all over me and they were like what is going on and so we literally had to call the ambulance and (laughs) they get there and they start like rolling a bed thing on the ice and they're slipping and falling everywhere too and it was the funniest thing then I had to like call my mom my mom's yelling at me to put it back in place and then they're like hey what's your name how old are you so they finally like lift me up on the bed and like the 
little bed rolling thing is like rolling all over the ice and they have to lift me up in the ambulance. And I literally have to get her to the hospital. And it was, it was really embarrassing. It was really awkward because we were there for like 10 minutes. And then the rest of the day, I was just chilling in the hospital, waiting for them to put my knee back in place. But them trying to get in the middle of the ice rink <laughs> was so funny because they were just slipping and sliding over and you just see like all these people rush over towards me and everyone else there in the ice rink were just like, what is going on? And they just continued skating all around me. But yeah, definitely um, not a high of my life, but definitely very, very funny, very awkward. Don't want to do that again ever. So and I was actually in on a small group. That's how we got to know each other. It was through our like church small group. And I think we already knew each other before then. Anyhow, this was like yeah. one of the events that our small group had that I could not come to. <laughs> and like <laughs> seeing on a fall and like dislocate her knee would have terrified me. But I I know I would have not been able to handle it seeing those like EMT guys like just trying to get yeah. on the ice rink with like the little stretcher thing. So like, I really funny. That. and like like Anna said how many times have you dislocated your knee since then like four mm, well no way more than that they just both my knees dislocated I've turned both my MCLs probably eight or nine times each side it's, it's an issue yeah on a scale of one to ten how bad is the pain I just sorry this is like fascinating to me terrible like, it's probably a ten my mom has the same issue as me she says it's worse than childbirth so Oh, if that gives you oh, any idea like yeah how what does it entail like are you just walking and then all of a sudden like your knees give out and you're just like oh <laughs> like <laughs> I mean kind of it's usually I'm running or and I pivot like really fast and oh, my kneecap okay. just will slide out because I have a floating kneecap it's not connected to my leg and so it just like slides out every time I pivot but I've had some really embarrassing moments with my knees like I was on uh, my uh, road just running and I tripped on a sidewalk and fell and dislocated it. Um, I fell in basketball games. That sounds I so mean, dan- I fell dancing one time. It was, oh, it was very Have awkward. I told you about the one time I broke my wrist? No. So I've broken my left wrist twice, but the first time I broke it, my brother had just gotten this like, electric scooter whenever he was like 10 years old for a Christmas <laughs> present and my eight-year-old self like decides to ride it and I didn't even know what I was doing so I like floor on the gas and then I didn't know where the brake was at and there was like a big ditch at the end of our yard um or not at the end of our yard like at the end of our driveway <laughs> and so <laughs> I just oh, no. kept that thing going kept the gas on I didn't even take the gas off and I was trying to hit the brakes and they weren't working probably because I was not taking the gas off and I just <laughs> fall into the ditch and my arm like it, it it started hurting so bad I was like I know it's broken but at the time my parents weren't home and it was my babysitter <laughs> and he was like a 16 year old guy and um he and my, like I said, 10-year-old brother 
were watching videos on YouTube of like people breaking their arms and they were like, yeah, Brooke, you didn't break it. Like it's definitely not broken. And the videos that they were watching were literally of people's limbs like snapping in half. They're like, they're like, there's no way you broke it. I'm like, meanwhile, crying like for like three hours, not able to stop. I'm like, I know it's broken. Um, That's so funny. But anyhow, yeah, I have lots of like falling stories breaking bone stories um it's just, I do too. that's how it is it you is know unique. hey that's how you have cool fun childhood stories that is you have to live a little um, that's true and you just gotta you just gotta get over them you just gotta laugh mm-hmm. at them you do. make them really do. make them funny and humorous and even though they were some of the most painful moments of your life, you're just gonna just laugh get over at the pain. It. <laughs> laugh through the pain. Um, so we'll go ahead and get into our episode. Um, and like I said, it's gonna be on insecurity, kind of we're gonna tie in anxiety and then overcoming insecurity with confidence and who God is. Um, and so before we get started, I'll just open us up in prayer and then yeah, we'll get into the episode. Dear Lord, thank you so much for this day and getting to talk to Anna. Lord, I pray for this conversation that you would give us the words to speak and that they would penetrate the hearts of our listeners. Lord, um, let them not be our words, but let them be your words, Lord. Um, and I pray that Anna and I would even take our own advice and learn to live out um, all of our insecurities and turn them into confidence, Lord, because we know who you are. And I thank you for everything you've done for us and everything you've given us, Lord. Amen. Amen. Okay. So, Anna, first question, getting pretty deep. <laughs> what has been your experience with insecurity and is it something you still struggle with? Um, so I have struggled with insecurity um, most of my life. Uh, elementary school, I was a pretty confident kid, but then middle school hit and, you know, those awkward middle school stages and then high school hit and it just continued to grip me and insecurity controlled me. And there were situations where um, I would be insecure and I wouldn't be confident and it would keep me from like wearing what I wanted to wear or talking to the person that I wanted to talk to or um, just saying what I wanted to say or being my silly self. Um, And so in those moments, like insecurity became my identity and I just automatically took on like, yeah, I'm insecure. Like that's who I am. And so through the years, like I have just constantly battled it. And I remember like a couple of days ago, I literally flipped through um, all my journals. I love writing. And so I've journaled since I was in like sixth grade and I was reading prayers I wrote in sixth grade, like, Lord Jesus, help me not to think that I'm unworthy. Lord Jesus, help me to be confident in who I am. And I still wrote or have been writing those prayers. Like this summer, like I've written like, Lord Jesus, help me to be um, confident in who I am. And so it has probably been my biggest struggle that I have ever experienced personally in my life. And um, I'll get into this a little bit later in the episode, but Um, It is definitely still something I struggle with. Um, I really feel like insecurity is a daily battle. I really feel like like the most um, strong Christian is still going to deal with it because that's how the devil is going to whisper those lies and keep us from finding our purpose in the Lord is just through insecurity and um, trying to get us to believe that we're unworthy. Um, But 
I have slowly been able to find my confidence in God. But like I said, like it's a daily battle and I'm going to continue to struggle with it. The Lord is a good father and he pursues um, all the time, 24 seven. God is a God of pursuit. So that's kind of just where I'm at right now with insecurity. I love that. God is a God of pursuit. I was actually reading James this morning, but it was talking about how the natural tendency of like falling into temptation or um, going through trials is to sin. Um, Mm -hmm. And then this commentary that I read, um, it says like, we need to understand that God is a God of open hands and not clenched fists. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) because it's like, you know, whenever we're going through those things, our natural instinct is to sin, but he's saying like, I'm not like having a clenched fist at you, like, because you're sinning, I'm wanting to welcome you with open arms. And I want you to come to me whenever you're going through those trials and whenever you're struggling with things, but you think I have a clenched fist and I don't. Um, And so that's just something I've been learning recently, but kind of going on to our next question, like, why do you think people get insecure? Um, I know a lot of people think it's because you're trying to be perfect and you always feel like you're never enough, or maybe something has happened in your life that's made you feel like you need to look a certain way or act a certain way. Um, It could be words that somebody said about you or how people have talked about you behind your back. Or it could just be a personal thing, like lies that you believe about yourself and that you kind of just made up and you were like, this is who I am, but nobody's even told you that. Um, So why do you think people get insecure? Um, Wow, (laughs) that's a deep question. So I, I think it's all of the things you said wrapped up into one big chunk of mess. Um, So I think nowadays, like with insecurity, I think it's really rooted in um, comparison and just comparing yourself to other people. It could be something that someone said. It could be your own lies, like you said. It could be um, just how you view yourself. Um, But I think, like, I just, nowadays, like, there's social media and there's, um, like, these societal standards that it's like we're required to meet. And it's like, you have to be this, but you can't be that. Or you have to be the smart one. You have to be the athletic one. You have to be the skinny one. You have to look a certain way. You have to act a certain way. If you act this way, you're a nerd. If you act this way, you're popular. But if you act this way, like you're a bad person, like there's so many um, identities that that society puts on us and gives us that I think we get so caught up in what society says about us and what society says we have to be that we tune out the only voice that actually matters. And it's like, we're turning up the volume on society and those voices and we're turning down the volume about what the Lord says. And I think a big thing is like labels. Like for me, people were constantly labeling me. We were talking about this a little bit before the podcast, but like I've been known as the one who plays sports. Like that was my label or I've been known as like the smart one or the try hard or the one who wants to get good grades. Or I've been known as like the middle child, like I'm the middle to coup or um, all these labels. Like I was just, that's what people said I was. And I feel like that's what happens to so many people. Like we just get labeled as one thing. And once we're labeled as one thing, we have to be, we have to stay in that box or that label. And as soon as we try to escape it, you get shut down. 
because the devil wants to shut you down. He wants to keep you in this box. And so I think that's really what insecurity comes from is just these labels that people put on us and try to keep on us. And when we get labeled, there's no room for growth because that's your name. Like that's who you believe you are. And that's, that's when it gets really dangerous because when you believe something that you're not, you can't possibly be confident in who you are. And so my personal experience is I, I've labeled myself as unworthy and I've labeled myself as unloved and I've labeled myself as someone who is never going to amount to anything. And I've labeled myself as, oh, the imperfect one, which I am, but I just was so focused on all of my imperfections that I never tuned into the voice of the Lord. And I think the only way to combat insecurity is to stop being labeled and start being named. Um, and so I, I know I'm talking a lot, but I, I have just started focusing on being named. And so a little quick story is like a couple of weeks ago, my pastor um, at my church preached a sermon on who we are and what our name is and just our identity. And um, he said that God has given us each a unique name. And I've never thought about like that before, because we always hear those stories of like, oh, like we are a chosen race. We're a royal priesthood. We are fearfully and wonderfully made. Um, but he said that God has a specific and unique name for everyone. And so he was like, I encourage you this week to just pray and ask God to name you, ask God to give you an identity that you can cling to in the darkest of times. And so during this week, I was a depressed mess. Like I was in the deepest pit. I was believing so many lies about myself. I was so intertwined with the devil and what he said about me that I was like, this is going to be impossible. Like I was like, where's my faith? I don't even have faith. I don't know where the Lord is. And I was like, I just need a new name. And when I recognized that I needed a new name, God gave me a new name, which is so incredible. And so I prayed that week and I was like, Lord, just give me a new name. And I was sitting in my room and I was crying and I was listening to worship music and I was just in the deepest, darkest pit, just like, God, where are you? And he, I heard a little whisper and it was just like, Anna, you are found. And that's what he said to me. And that's what he whispered to me. It's like, Anna, you are found. And in that moment, I was like, whoa, like I'm found. Like, that's my name. Like God sees me as found. And when I finally tuned out the labels of the world, and listen to the voice of God. That's when I felt so seen. And that's when I felt so loved because I was found. And when I'm found, I mean, I'm fully loved and fully known by God. And so I, I just encourage everyone who's listening to just pray and ask the Lord to give you a name because when we are named by the father, like we are able to combat, combat insecurity because we can always rely on that name that the Lord has given us. Wow, Anna's bringing in the word. <laughs> no, but I I love that, and I think whenever you said when we get labeled, there's no room for growth. That is so true. Like if we tie ourselves to a certain identity or a certain word or a certain thing somebody said about us, it leads to so much like stress and anxiety, and also it doesn't let us grow to the person that um, we want to become. Because if we're not willing to grow because we want to stick to a label, then we never will. Um, And I think also a lot of people do that with the Enneagram. Like 
they're like, oh, I'm an Enneagram too. So this is how I act, which I love the Enneagram. I think it's a great tool to like help you understand your personality and how your brain works and everything. But you get so tied to that identity that you make judgments just simply based on who you think you should be. Then it's Mm -hmm. not truly being yourself because you're like, oh, I made that decision because I'm this number, but it's not, I made this decision because that's the decision I felt like making. Um, And so I think whenever you tie yourself too much to a label, there really is no room for growth. And I really like that you said that. Um, And then also, whoa, honest hearing a whisper from God. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy. Um, Oh, it's crazy how he talks to us. (laughs) Yeah, I know. That's so true. And I love that yours was found. Um, I don't, is there something in your life that you needed that like comfort of knowing that you were found or um, is that kind of like a universal thing? Like we all just have to realize, oh, you know, I'm found. God sees me. Um, I don't know if you've struggled with like feeling comfort or feeling at home or um, worrying if God's with you all the time, but is there something kind of behind that? Or was that just like a random word thrown at you? There's definitely some personal experience to that word. Um, So I feel like when God names us, like it is such a personal name that he just knows needs that like he knows our hearts need to hear. Um, And so, like I said, like in that, that week of just praying and asking God to name me, um, I was in a, a very deep pit and I was depressed and I was having um, very bad thoughts just about who I was and what I was capable of. And I, I've been struggling um, for a long time, probably for about six to eight months, just on knowing who I am and um, just knowing what the Lord says about me. And I, in those eight six to eight months, like I was just like, Lord, where are you? Like I could not feel the Lord. And it's like, I've been trained my entire life to have faith in the trials, you know, like persevere, like get through it. Um, There's going to be joy at the end of the tunnel. But I was like, I'm literally in a trial and I feel like I have no faith. Like, I don't even know what it looks like to have faith within this trial. And I just, it's like, I was separated from the spirit of God. And I know that he never left me, but I just could not feel him. Like I just, I could not see him. I felt lost. I felt disconnected. I felt hopeless. Um, And then I would get mad at myself because I know that there's hope and I know that I'm found and I know that God is with me, but I just could not feel him. And I would still wake up and I would still try to read my Bible and then I would get nothing out of it. And then I would go to church and worship and I just would get, I just like could not feel the presence of God. And so I, I did feel lost and I felt abandoned. And I know God never abandoned me, but I felt abandoned and I felt unworthy. And so I think God knew that I needed to know that I was found and that he saw me and that he will meet me right where I am. And I don't have to present myself every morning as perfect. And I don't have to wake up and be like, okay, God, let's see what we have to read today. Like I can come to him and be like, Lord Jesus, I need you. I am a mess. And he turns messes into masterpieces like he wants the mess because he can't perfect the masterpiece he wants the mess he wants all of you and so that week when I was just on my hands and knees just like Lord where are you like what who am I like I don't even know who I am and it's just like Anna you are found and it was just so powerful because when you're found like 
you are seen and you are fully loved and you will um, never be lost again. Like if you're found and that's who your identity is, like you can't be lost. You can't be lost and found at the same time. And so um, I think it was such a personal name that God gave me um, just because it, it really just propelled me into the next moment and into the next moment and into the next moment. Because when I would look in the mirror and I would start to feel insecure or I would hear the devil's lies just talking to me, I could just be like, no, like I could, I had something to fight with. Like I had an identity. I had a name that I could just fight the devil back with and be like, no, I'm found. And so when I was named, I was like able to like push away the names that the devil was giving me. And so it it just became so much more powerful. And I just think about like when we're strangers, the reason why you're strangers is because you don't know each other's names. But as soon as you're like, hey, like I'm Anna, nice to meet you. Hey, I'm Brooke, nice to meet you. Like that just connected us because we're known by each other. Like we know each other's names. And so God knowing my name, it just made that personal connection and made me feel connected to God. And so I was no longer disconnected. And so when you're connected to God, you can't be like tuning into what the devil says about you. Like he'll always, the devil will always be the whispering lies, but you can be like, Hey, no, like I am found. And you can just shove that into his face. Yes. I love that. Like he found you, but you also found him. And Mm -hmm. I think if we look at (laughs) Webster's dictionary says, (laughs) (laughs) But if we look at like the word found and kind of what it means, I just looked it up on my computer and it says to discover someone or something after a deliberate search. Um, And I think like God was always there, but he was like, Anna, I've already found you. You just have to find me. And you were searching for all these different things, but then you just like discovered God and you were like, wow, you actually are here. I've been deliberately searching for you but I've been looking to the wrong things. And so you found me first, but now I found you and I can live that out. Um, And that's so true. And that was like a big rabbit trail on our question, but still like that is so important. Um, But as far, I know you've already given us kind of your experience with insecurity, but um, what impact do you think insecurity has not only on us, but on other people as well? Because I feel like, Um, A lot of times we put our own insecurities on other people. Like we will project them more on other people than we project them on ourselves. Um, Mm -hmm. So do you think insecurity has an impact on other people, whether that's friends or family or whatever, or do you think it's just a personal thing? Um, I, I definitely think insecurity has an impact on people around you. Um, You said something, uh, repeat like the first thing you said it's like insecurity like we project on other people is that what you said yeah okay you want me to say it yeah yeah so I was like um I was like you know a lot of times we will project our insecurities on other people because I feel like also you know how sometimes I mean I'm not I've never technically been in school except for like kindergarten and first grade and then I've been homeschooled for the rest of my life but a lot of bullying is like either the popular kids um, they bully because they may be insecure about certain things and they feel like they can put down on other people um, that they see more of their insecurities through. And so like, even if that person might not struggle with them, they still feel like they can say that about them. Um, and they might just be shoving their own insecurities on other people. And I don't think it's always the case with bullying. I just think we can do that naturally too. Like just point out all these flaws in people 
that we see in ourselves but aren't willing to admit. Yes, I totally agree with that statement. Um, I I always think of like the statement where it's like misery loves company. Um, and so like when we are insecure, we want everyone else around us to feel insecure. And so I really feel like that's why people are like mean to each other because they feel so crappy about who they are and um, they don't have a firm foundation and like with their name. And so they will look at other people and be like, why aren't you insecure? And so then they'll make mean comments or um, they'll try to make them insecure. Or they'll come at their talents and their gifts because again, misery loves company. So if you're miserable, you want everyone else around you to be miserable. Um, and so I've, in my own life, I've definitely seen that happen. And I always stand by this little phrase that um, comparison destroys connection. And so I also feel like um, insecurity, like not only do we project it on other people, but when we're insecure, we're comparing ourselves to other people. And so um, if we compare ourselves to the person beside us and we like what we see better than what we see on ourselves, like that kind of turns to a resentment, like, oh, I don't like you because like, I don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? Like the comparison destroys connection. Like you can't be connected and compare at the exact same time because um, comparison again, turns to resentment. And so I definitely have seen that in my own life, like with my family and with my friends, like when I start to compare, like I get really irritable and really crabby because I'm, I'm feeling so bad about myself and I don't like the comparison. And so then I won't talk to that person or I won't try to build a relationship with that person because I'm so focused on the comparison that I can't focus on the actual person um, because I, I'm just so focused on myself and what I don't like and what I like in them and what I want and what I desire that I just, I lose that connection with that person. And I really feel like the insecurity in that and that comparison will just destroy those relationships with those people around you. And we see that constantly um, within our society. Yeah, and I feel like, like we were saying at the beginning too, um, social media really does play a lot into the role of insecurity, I think, um, because we are surrounded by what we should look like or what we think we should look like. Like nobody tells you, you know, this is what the dream body is or whatever, but you automatically think that. Um, yeah. And so that's why we have all these different body standards. Like everybody has different little things that they wish they could have on their body or they wish they could look like or whatever. Um, because society has like pushed on us that we need to look or act or feel a certain way. Um, whenever mm -hmm. really like, you know, it's our own personal thing on how we choose to interpret it. Um, and so I think just like if you're comparing yourself to, someone online about how they look or how you think you should look. Um, this is one thing I've told a few of my friends who really struggle with insecurity as far as like appearance wise. Um, look at your closest friends, the ones that you don't put down on because of your insecurities. Um, look at them. And are you ever like, whoa, you're, they're too big. Like I can't be friends with them or, whoa, they're too small, I can't be friends with them, or, whoa, they're too, like, athletic, I can't be friends with them, or whatever, like, no, you don't even pay attention to any of that, like, you're like, man, I love their personality, I love their humor, like, I want to be around them because of the things that make them them, and so if you're trying to pursue being somebody else, 
then that's not truly being who you are. And that's not truly being the, the person that people love. Um, and so that's kind of what has helped me get over some of my insecurities is realizing like, I am my own person. Like, I don't have to look a certain way. Um, I don't have to feel a certain way because I'm not trying to fit in with all these people. I just want to be close to the people that are already in my life. And if new people come into it, like, that's great. But like, I don't need to focus so much on my appearance or my personality. Like, I just need to be who I was created to be. And so um, I think that's part, like, how part of the reason how I was able to overcome kind of my societal like beliefs about what I should look like is just understanding why I was created and who I was created to be and not that I was created to be somebody else that I was created to be myself um and so yes yeah that's 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 so good when you said like we need to remember why we were created um I think that is so important because if we're so focused on why were we created we're going to be pursuing our purpose like we weren't created to be skinny. We weren't created to be athletic. Like we were just created to be, we were created to be Anna. We were created to be Brooke and there's, you can't clone yourself. Like if you're constantly striving to be someone that you're not, like you're never going to fully embrace who you are. Um, and so I read this actually this morning um, for my devotions and it just came to my mind and it's in first Peter, first um, Peter one, and it's a call to holy living. Um, and it's verse 18. It says, for you know that you were redeemed from your empty way of life, inherited from your fathers, not with perishable things like silver silver or gold, but with the precious blood of Christ, like that of an unblemished and spotless lamb. And then it goes on to say that all flesh is like grass and all its glory like a flower of the grass. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And so the Lord gave me like three words from this section of scripture and it's redeemed, reshaped and recycled. And so the first verse that I read is that for you redeemed from your empty way of life. And when we're redeemed, like we are made new and we no longer have to um, compare ourselves to other people because we're new by the grace of God. And so a holy life is being redeemed and knowing you're redeemed and not trying to be someone that you're not, because when you're redeemed, you're who you are, and you're who God created you to be, and then um, when you are redeemed, you can then be reshaped, reshaped to look more like Him, and to be um, like God, because that's ultimately why we're here, is to be an image bearer of Jesus, and so when you're just striving to be an image bearer of Jesus, like you're, you're not concerned about what you look like, you're just concerned about Jesus, and who He is, and in those moments, like we we're trying to figure out who God is and just learn more about God, which ultimately goes back to the first one, which is being redeemed. And then lastly, um, is just recycled. So when we get the love of God and we, when we believe that um, we are made in his image, we can then recycle that onto other people and just like use the love that God gave us to love other people. And so, um, I was so thankful this morning when he gave me those words, because I was like, I'm totally going to share that on the podcast because that's a holy life. And that's not focusing on insecurity, but that's focusing on holy living. And it's just being redeemed by the grace of God and being reshaped to look more like him and into his heart. And then just recycling it and just loving others and using that image of God to project onto other people so that they can see God in us. Because that's our purpose. And that's why we were created. 
which is what you were saying is it's important to know why we were created. Wow. <laughs> You're on a go spilling another word. <laughs> but I love the redeemed, reshaped, and recycled. I think that's something kind of easy to remember the three R's. Um, mm-hmm. And you can go back to it whenever you're kind of doubting your worth or who you are. Um, and like Anna said, she got this from First Peter 1, and it was verses um, 20 through like 25, I think. Mm-hmm. But at the very end of verse 25, it says, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And so that wasn't like a promise that was written like, 2000, 3000, however many years ago, that's a promise that's still here today. And so what scripture says about you, what God says about you is always going to be unchanging. Like it's always going to remain the same. So no matter how much you doubt yourself or how much you change his word never will. Um, and so you can rest in knowing that, um, you know, that's who God is, that he's an unchanging God and he will welcome you with open arms and he'll be there for you. Um, but Anna, why do you think it's so important to view yourself not by your flaws, but by what God says about you? And how can we combat insecurity with the truth? Um, I definitely think it's important to view yourself the way God sees you, because then you are able to live up to your full potential. Um, so I kind of said this a little bit before, but if we're so focused on ourselves, Like we can't look up at God. Like if we're always looking at ourselves and who we are um, and who we're trying to be, then we can't see the purpose that God has for us. That's right in front of us. Um, And so when we're viewed by the father and what he says about us, I think we're able to live wholeheartedly loving um, and just living out of um, who God says we are. And I think that just like, allows us to persevere through those hard times and through those dark nights um, and through those like depressing weeks, because we all have them. And so when we're in those depressing weeks, but we know that we are known by the father and living out of um, what he says about us, then we're able to persevere and see our purpose um, and see that we're God is bigger than our problems. God is bigger than our insecurity. And he has power to name us and he has power to um, get us through those hard times um, by calling our names out. And so um, definitely just seeing the way God sees you is super important. And I always struggle with the second question, just how can we combat insecurity with the truth? Like it is so hard because I don't know about you, but when I'm insecure, the last thing I want to do is go read my Bible. Like I sometimes just want to sit in my pit of despair and just be like, oh, poor me. And I want to be like Eeyore, you know, like off of Winnie the Pooh. Like, I just want to sit here and just mope around and not talk to anyone. Um, Yeah, like take a very hot shower, get in sweatpants and just like sit in the bed. (laughs) Literally, that's all I want to do when I'm insecure. Um, And so it's so hard, like in those moments to choose to, I guess, combat it with truth and know who you are. And so that's why I think it's so important that when you are like in a good place, you just read the word because it says that the word will be hidden in our hearts. And so even when we're insecure, like our hearts are going to know the truth. And so um, just like studying and knowing and learning more about God in the good times so that that can lead into knowing God in the bad times, because you can always rely on that truth that is hidden away in your heart. Um, And so I think, 
it's it's so hard and it's so sticky because insecurity can happen so fast and it's a thought that it's like in one moment a thought can just come to your head but I think it's just believing the truth um even in the hard times even though it's so hard um yeah so it's it's a hard question to answer but I think just like knowing the truth and studying the truth and knowing who God is wow yeah that's so true um and then last question what are some Bible verses or stories or scriptures that we can read or memorize to remind us of who we are in Christ? So I I think of the story of Hagar in Genesis. Um, so it's in Genesis 16. And basically, Hagar was treated really bad by Abraham and Sarah. And so she gets kicked to the wilderness. And um she's in the wilderness and she's in a deep dark pit and she's super depressed and just like, God, where are you? And so this scripture is super personal and super powerful um, to me because when Hagar was in the midst of her darkest moment, like God came to her and said, Hagar, like I am here. And Hagar responds with, wow, you are the God who sees. And she was like, you are Elroy, which is a name for God. And Elroy means the God who sees me. And so this scripture is just so powerful because Hagar was in the wilderness. She was in a deep, dark pit. She was in a deep, dark time. And I feel like that can be us with insecurity. Like we're in the wilderness. We're in a deep, dark pit. But God met Hagar where she was and God will meet us where we are. And he will just be like, hey, I see you. And it's all back to being named. Like when God named me found, like God sees me. I am found. And so um, I think that's a really powerful scripture that we can just cling to. And then also um, John 8, 32 is one of my life verses. And it's, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And so just knowing and believing the truth, because that's what leads us to the freedom of freedom from insecurity and the freedom in Christ is just knowing the truth. Because when we know the truth and when we believe the truth, we're not going to be listening to the lies and that volume of the world will finally get turned down. And we're not going to care what social media says. And we're not going to care about those labels that I was talking about earlier, because those that's not the truth. That's, that's not what we're supposed to believe. That's not what we're called to believe. Like we are called to believe in Jesus and what he says about us. And so we just have to choose that freedom and choose to believe. And so I think Um, when we choose to believe, like, we can finally find freedom in those insecurities. And in those dark moments, we can know we are found and seen and loved and heard and um, all of the things that the Lord offers to us. I have to agree that too. And I think it's so cool how you kind of relate to Hagar's story and the fact that like, she went to the wilderness and she's like, oh, wait, you're the God who sees me. And I think that's so weird how your word was found because you were like, wait, you're the God who found me. Like, you found me and I see you now. Um, and that's so cool. And we actually, so Anna and I recorded a podcast episode before, but my computer broke and we lost it. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we talked about this and the last episode that we recorded and, um, we were talking about how, um, you know, whenever Hagar said like, you are the God that sees me and she understood it, like fully comprehended it, that gave her the courage to go back to Abraham and Sarah and be like, I will give birth to this child, you know? And Mm -hmm. so even though she despised them and the reason she ran away was because she didn't like them, 
at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> it, God gave her the confidence and the courage to go back to them. Um, and so I think whenever we understand that, I'm not saying we will be confident with everything and like have no fear about going back to whatever that hard circumstance is. Um, but I am saying like, if we truly believe that God will do something and that he sees us, like it'll make it easier because we understand our worth and our value. And so I really like all those verses that you tied in about how um, you tied in John eight thirty two. I think, um, mm-hmm. where you're like, the truth will set you free and kind of understanding like what freedom is. Like, could you give a definition of what being free looks like to you? Because I know that's kind of like a Christian term. Like, we're just like, we say that all the yes. time. And then if you're not like a Christian, you're like, what does that mean? Same thing with like, yeah, like seasons or like quiet time. Like, I feel like people just don't really know what that is. Um, that is so so what yes. does like being free look like? Um, So crazy. My word of the year this year is actually freedom. Um, And so I like for 2021, like the Lord gave me this word in I think December. And it was just like, Anna, like you just need to learn what it is to be free. And so I I'm still figuring it out. I'm still trying to learn what freedom looks like. Um, But as I discover new ways of what freedom looks like, it's just being content with who you are and just knowing that um, you can be free in Christ. And what I mean by that is um, you're no longer enslaved to that box of labels and you are no longer um, restricted by that label that someone gave you or that social media post that you think you're supposed to be like. Um, And so I think it's just slowly finding freedom from those labels and so just knowing like hey that's not who I am and so I think freedom is such a um freeing word not funny Uh, (laughs) but it's just knowing that like I am beautiful and I'm loved by my designer and I can live freely out of that and when we're living in freedom we're um we're able to again like find that purpose and just escape that box of labels and escape the chains of sin and it's like when you're free like a burden is just released from your shoulders and you no longer have to keep up with the world you no longer have to strive to be something that you're not and so I think freedom and rest are two of those two similar things because when you're free you're just resting in God's love and resting in who he says you are and you no longer have to perform or perfect or um, strive to be what the world wants you to be. Um, so freedom right now for me is just resting in who God says I am and living out of that rest and not trying to keep up, but just being held by God and who he says I am. That's so good. Um, final question. Sorry, I said that was a final question, but this yeah. is actually going to be the final question unless we just continue our conversation, which would not be unlikely. Um, but if you could tell past Anna one thing or two things or three things, however many things, if you could tell past Anna something, middle school, Anna, elementary school, Anna, one month ago, Anna, one week ago, Anna, what would it be? Oh my, um, I feel like the list would go on and on. Um, probably it's okay 
to not be okay. Um, what I mean by that is I, I tend to put up this image that I'm perfect and I have my life together and I, I don't need any help. Um, and when that happens, like when I deny that I need help or I deny that I'm not okay, I, I get in this place of bondage in this place of depression because everyone thinks I'm good and it's this fake image that I'm putting up. And so I lose community because no one thinks that I need help and no one thinks that I need support. And so then I have no support. And so it's just me sitting by myself. And that's what happened in middle school and beginning of high school. And I still tend to do this, but I put up this fake image and I want everyone to see that I'm okay. Um, And so if I could tell my past self anything, it's just, it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to reach for help. It's okay to not be perfect. You don't have to be what society tells you to be. Um, In fact, like the Lord meets us in our imperfections and he wants us to come as we are. And so I have to practice coming as I am to the people here. So I know what it's like to come as I am to God. And so just, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to find freedom from that. And I'm trying not to act like I'm okay all the time and act like my life is perfect because it's not, I'm a mess and it's okay to be a mess because like I said earlier, like God turns the messes into masterpieces. And that's the whole thing with being redeemed, reshaped, and eventually um, being able to recycle all of that. So if you're listening, like it's okay to not be okay. It's okay to be struggling. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to not be perfect because you're not perfect. And God will meet you in that imperfection. And God will um, show you who you are and give you the strength to endure. Um, so that's, that's the first thing that came to mind. I'm sure the list goes on and on of what I could tell my old self because and my new self and my myself today because there's a lot that I still have to learn. But that was the first thing that came to my head. I love that, Anna. And um... I was going to say, if you're listening to this episode, you most likely clicked on it because you saw we were going to be talking about insecurity. So that might be something you struggle with. And I'm sure everybody struggles with insecurity to a certain extent. Um, But I just want to thank you guys so much for listening to the episode, but also like understand that you can be open about your problems. Um, And the more you're open about your problems, the more other people will be open about their problems too. And I think if we all quit trying to be perfect or like act like everything's okay, that's really when we'll see that like redeeming, reshaping and recycling Um, because we're going to be our, our best selves, um, our most, (laughs) our most emotionally healthy selves, because like Mm -hmm. we are just truly who we are and we're not trying to be somebody else. And I know for me, whenever I try to be somebody else, whenever I try to be that label, it puts so much more added stress and added anxiety on me. Whereas if I was just like, I'm really struggling with this right now. Like, I yes. just, I want to talk to you about it. I don't care if you like struggle with it or not. Like, I just need to be open with you. Um, then that creates a sem- sense of like openness in your friendships and your family relationships and anything. Um And so I think, you know, if you take the first step of being open, that initiates a lot of change in other people too. Um, And so- Yeah, vulnerability leads to freedom as well. So being open with your struggles and your triumphs 
Um, that leads to freedom because it builds that sense of connection instead of comparison, like we were talking about earlier. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I think that's all we have for the episode today. Did you want to add anything, Anna? Anything Thanks else for you having talk me? About? This is fun. <laughs> well, I loved having you on the show, Anna, and I love talking to you yeah, anytime. Yeah. So, if you want to be on again, hey, you might can even be my co host. Anyone um, listening to. to this episode, send me an email if you want Anna to be my uh, if you want Anna to be my co-host because I would not mind it. I would love being your co-host. It'd be so much fun. <laughs> it would be so much fun. Well, oh, Anna, will you close cool. us in prayer? I will. Okay, let's pray. Dear Jesus, just thank you for this day and just thank you for this um, this opportunity to be on the podcast with Brooke and just dive into your word and what you say about us, God. And I just I pray against insecurity right now, God, for all of the listeners and just for all of society, God. I just pray against insecurity, God, and just that we would live confidently for the Lord, God, and just who he says we are supposed to be, God. And I pray that we would live in that freedom, God, so that we can build connection instead of comparison, God. And I just pray that we would live redeemed so that we can be reshaped to look more like you so we can eventually recycle that love to others and just um, to live for our purpose in um, who you say we are supposed to be, God. We love you and we thank you for all that you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So thank you guys so much for listening to the episode today again. And if you enjoyed it, please be sure to leave a rating and or a review. You can also subscribe to it on Spotify if that's where you're listening or just give it a give it a follow or whatever on any podcast platform you're listening on. Um, also, check out Anna on instagram also i think you're on tiktok too and then you have a blog so we didn't even talk about the blog on a blogs and it's it's a great blog so what your your blog is like simple words or something right yes it's called simple words the link is in my instagram bio if you would like to go okay so i'll link on his blog i'll link on his instagram tiktok all the things um check her out for some awesome content and thanks again anna for joining me today thank you (laughs) 